As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of your next favorite movie. I'm your host, Josh G. And tonight I have a returning guest. If you listen to the All About Jaws episode, please welcome Azzy back to the show. Hey, Twesty. How are you doing? I'm okay. Hanging in there. Yeah. All right. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about, about your writing and because that's going to lead well, into why you chose this. Really? been an influx since the last time we talked because i was just sort of starting back then and now it's gotten gotten so's my calendars just about full actually um because i've been writing for mar and her website theboldmom.com and uh she does like she does promoting and stuff for different people and a lot of a lot of book people really but like i uh she's got a bunch of different horror reviewers and stuff on there but i think i'm her favorite right mark <laughs> um no i'm the one that does like the really long ones you know and and uh she's got this other chick I noticed on there that was suddenly had 50,000 reviews and um <laughs> and I was like who's this chick you know like and she's like oh no she just they're nothing like yours like she just is like quick snappy I'm gonna put a quick like in front of hers to like make them you know to make yours different blah 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 when i was like well i had already decided now i wanted to start doing like azzy's attic and have it be it's azzy azzy's attic for like forgotten kind of movies so that people know that they're older movies there will be no um yeah older that was one of the terms <laughs> forgotten older or like you know didn't get their kind of do when they came out sort of movies so i'm doing that but i do these really in-depth interviews which you've seen and so i mean it takes me almost it takes me a good three weeks to do those because you know i have to do all the research i have a whole thing you know that i have to a process and it has to be in red pen it's got to be red which i went to walmart and they didn't have any red pens i was like what the hell it's like everything else but that but red and um and so what else so um doing that and then i'm hosting i do once a month a movie night on twitter on thursday nights at 10 movie heretics uh hashtag movie heretics uh heretics sorry and then fridays i sort of started this thing but then the uh at the titus 88 sort of took it over and has been doing it which is good because i don't want to do it every week 
Um, and it's like 12.30 in the morning too. But I am doing it this coming week. I'm gonna do the hitcher because it's easy. Uh, so I'm doing that. And then I had like some book editors come and ask if I would do some stuff, but I don't, I just don't have time to like read a whole book and do that too. And then Mara was like, like, she's like, don't do it. Once the book people know that you'll review something, they'll all be after you, don't do it. So I really just don't have time to anyway, but, um, and between that and then like promoting stuff and, and doing the occasional podcast here and there or writing something up for somebody, yeah, I've been a little bit busier than last we spoke. That's a good thing. Good thing to stay busy. <laughs> Definitely keeping me busy, especially now that winter on the vineyard is is settling in. It's gonna be especially after the holidays, it's gonna be like crickets and that's all you'll hear. Oh, all right. So, well, one of your reviews led to this episode tonight. Yes. All right. So, yes, we are talking about from 2000, Mary Heron's American Psycho. Patrick Bateman has a busy day. 12.30 power lunch. Another martini, Paul. 3.45 board meeting. What do you think? Oh, very nice. 7 o'clock friendly takeover. Patrick, you're so sweet. 9.15, make a killing. I'm into, uh, well, murders and executions, mostly. American Psycho. Rated R. Tell us about when you first saw this. When I first saw it, I saw it when it came out on to DVD. I loved it, like, instantly. You know, I just, of course, right away felt, didn't even realize that Justin was in, Justin Thoreau was in it for like, I don't know, a few watchings. And then I was like, is that my little, little tiny Justin? I used to wear like a bandana on his head and it was like all straight edge and shit. Like we'd smoke cigarettes and stuff and blow, cause he used to, I'd pick him up from work and my best friend and I, we'd throw him in the back of the car and then do everything we could to like make him even more angry than he used to be. His parents were like loaded, you know, but they were one of those like Gyllenhaal families that, you know, made him have this crappy job working with this um, photo place but I, I, I he's like unrecognizable like I mean his hair was all slicked back he get the blue contacts he looked like a hawk and I, I just that's not how I remembered him at all like he was this tiny little guy yeah they used to wear a bandana and had curly hair so it took me a couple but yeah the first time I saw it was when it came out on DVD which I can't remember. I forget about when that was. It wasn't long. It didn't do well, very well in the theaters, clearly. Um, I mean, it did good enough. I mean, they had such a low budget on that movie. So 
I mean, I think they did twice the budget, but which was good, but they really came into their own, as he does say at one point. Do you like Phil Collins? Oh, I think he really came into his. Yeah, I've got so many quotes from that one. Now, as for me, I actually saw it right before I had a DVD player. So I remember renting this on VHS and I was like, wow. Yeah, I rented it on VHS wow. before I had DVD. Holy moly. I was 14 or 15 when I watched it. And I remember watching it just going, what the hell did I just watch? Like, I I didn't get it at that point. Yeah, you got to watch it a couple times, too. I mean, I was lucky <clears> I had read the book. I was a Brett Easton Ellis fan, less than zero and all of that. And um, so I had read the book a couple of times before the movie even came out, just because so, I love the book. And I mean, there's full chapters. There's not just his like little unreliable narrating on the music. There's like in the book, there's a chapter on like Huey Lewis in the news and a chapter on uh phil collins and a chapter you know it goes it's crazy it, it was awesome though but um that also helped me to appreciate the movie when it came out and to like what a lot of people missed was that really clever uh humor that's entered least in there people weren't getting that and um that was a big problem for them that people weren't getting it because you know retail people were pulling out and it was yeah it was kind of a little bit of a nightmare for them because of the violence which is the jaws violence you know jaws violence like it really most of it takes place off the screen you don't really see the chainsaw going into her you just see him running down you know with the chainsaw and then he throws it and you just imagine you know you just it's in your head but everyone thought this was so incredibly violent there was only one thing they made him come cut out but I'll, we'll talk about that after okay yeah before we get any further let's go ahead let's tell everyone what american psycho is in case they have not seen it so it is about a 20-something white, wealthy, waspy guy uh, who attended Harvard and is now a CEO investment banker at uh, Pearson Pierce, which is apparently like his father's for April. Father practically run owns the company, so I mean, we don't get a death on like whether that's as close as we come to knowing what his father actually does there. But clearly, he doesn't do much of anything because he's shown just kicking back, uh, listening to the Lady in Red and stuff with his headphones on. So. I don't think any of those guys really did much, but um, it just sort of follows his path and his friends and then into his love of killing or serial killing, or do we know if that's what it is or not? Do we find out? So that's the basic genesis of the movie, our basic synopsis of the movie. 
Mary Heron had one idea of what she wanted to convey with the film. And then, you know, of course, Ellis had a, a, a different idea, which we can also talk about. Uh, so, yeah, and it came out in 2000. Then mm -hmm. I just told you about the, yeah, how I loved it. And I read the book and blah, blah, blah. I know what you're going to ask next sequels right if there were sequels. Gonna, well no not if there were sequels yes i know there was a sequel there was a, well these are your little you made me made <clears throat> sure i got them all this so i did yes of course there was a sequel but it was absolutely horrible i watched it ages ago and it was terrible um and it had absolutely nothing to do with American Psycho and Mila Kunis thought she was doing like a she's so clueless she thought she was doing another horror movie so she didn't realize it was American Psycho, Psycho uh, part two and she's highly apologetic of it now but <laughs> how you don't know like when you have a contract it says like what it is right on it but uh, yeah, that's horrible. I don't recommend anyone watch it because it really literally has nothing to do with the movie, nothing to do with the book. Nobody wants to have anything to do with it. So, Okay, but if you had got to see your own sequel, what would you have wanted to see? I mean, you can bring yeah, anybody uh, back. My own sequel, I don't know. That movie was pretty well wrapped up and tight just as a package. I don't know if a sequel would have, and then you're going to ask me about the casting too, but just because of the fact that there was an amazing cast and a good, they managed to get the script down, although they did lift like, pretty much 100% of the dialogue from the book. And they did have that low budget that they were working with, but it still came out so awesome. I just, I can't even imagine like what they would do with a part two. And if they didn't have that whole, I mean, if they didn't have Christian Bale, who definitely would probably not have done a part two because after that he was like doing Batman and shit like he was like a real star after so he probably wouldn't have come back and I mean he couldn't have done it with really anyone else and it just I don't like to think about it I just sort of if you had done it soon enough Batman was another five years before he, it came out well he did some other stuff before it though and I just I don't know like, yeah and how long would it have taken them to come out with you know us. like this movie was you know put out by Lionsgate on like a what, million dollar budget or something like that and yeah I just don't know and then if they got more of a budget and stuff would it have been you know and they were doing CGI and stuff like to death would it have it probably just yeah I don't know I'm not a not a big fan of a sequel to that one. I think that that one is like a standalone kind of like they should have never done any Jaws sequels. Like this is that. This is that's what would happen. 
Okay, that's what would happen is right there. And now I'm going to let you remake American Psycho. Who would you put in? Okay, so I did, and I even asked my brothers for help with this. Okay. Or dudes for, all right. So, I mean, I had some interesting ones. Let's see, we came up. Guy Pierce could have probably done it. Because you have to think of, like, actors that would have been around 27 in the year 2000. So it's not like. You could go, oh, Chick Gyllenhaal, or like, you know, somebody like that. Yeah, you have to like think, no, Jake would have only been like 17 or something. So that wouldn't have worked. So I had to think about, I had to actually use my brain, which you know I hate doing. Nicolas Cage, who I think was actually mentioned at some point in, in talks with people because this whole thing was a nightmare of like cat i mean it was just it was uh, uh, the, the whole situation because it started off as like you know a cronenberg movie or something you know like it was handed down like and they wanted leonardo dicaprio and it's like what like what? no he had just come off and like Romeo and Juliet and Titanic. I mean, can you imagine what a disaster that would have been? I mean, and he was all like gangly still and boy. He could have never built up the body that, that Bale got. John Cusack, maybe. Uh, we were talking about, my brother and I were talking about Joaquin Phoenix, who's such a great actor, but he wouldn't have been like good looking enough to do it you know he's got that scar and i don't know i've never seen that guy in shape ever in any movie so i don't know about it and then robert downey jr can definitely play a psycho because he plays one in real life so um and we know that he can do that and i've seen him play psychos so and then i was thinking like if there could have been a black Bateman, Denzel Washington for sure. Then I had Kevin Bacon, Jason Statham. I mean, I, the, anyone you say is going to be known. I mean, Bale was just so perfect for it. He really just ended up being the perfect guy for it, you know. I think, I don't know. What do you, who Did you have anyone that you thought of? No, never, no. never. No. It's got to be Bill, but you made me. So you made me. Oh, I That's what I do. Okay. <laughs> You're going to be getting lots of hit to your direct mail. All right. Um, And then for like the chick, Jean, who was like the only other person I really cared about, um, was um, I, Kate Winslet or maybe Drew Barrymore or something? Who cares? Um, oh, the other person that was like initially at the very, very beginning attached to it was Johnny Depp, but I think he quickly sort of was like, um, actually, no, and got it that one. I don't know why he wouldn't have been probably horrible, but. Bale just, and you know, it was like on a handshake, 
you know, with Mary Heron, you've got the part, I promise. But like it went through all these incarnations before it got back to Mary and, and Bale. So yeah, interesting. And I think that's all your questions or your written down questions anyway, right? But, you know, feel free to ask some more. Well, I got one we end the show on, but I know I'm sure you have stuff you want to talk about first. So anything you want to well, bring up? I just had, some, you know, I have like my the tr my trivia stuff. <clears throat> Thought maybe some, some of your people would be interested in since they probably didn't read my thing. And although she keeps it. Mark keeps all of my <laughs> reviews on her site. They're all there if you want to find them. Actually, the last, this last, no, wait, was it for They Live or the one before? Or at, no, maybe it was at the bottom of American Psycho, I think. She had like all of them listed for it. It was so cute. She put all of them there and it was adorable, but they're all there if you ever needed to go looking some trivia that i thought was funny house some of the funnier ones that i thought was like one of his biggest inspirations for the part of bateman was tom cruise right weird <laughs> but in a very sketchy way he said he had seen him on letterman one night and he was all happy, Tom Cruise, you know, jazz hands, like smiley. And he said, but the smile never reached his eyes. And it was just he, very creepy to him. So that um, also he was inspired by Nicolas Cage and Vampire's Kiss, <laughs> which I totally see, because that's another weird, like, horror slash comedy kind of movie i love that movie too it's so good yep and previous episode you can check that out so good oh my god there you are that poor Mar marta Mar oh my god let's see i don't know if i put this in my review the only two things slash people that lived in that movie or do you know the people know? that lived i don't know where you're going with this just there were two people that he was about to or two people to or animal vegetable mineral whatever that he was going to kill but didn't because he got distracted and i'm wondering if you know Oh, well, so Gene would be one of them. I don't know if you call it distracted or not, but. Well, no. Well, I, I guess and no, I guess. <laughs> Somehow she didn't count for some reason, but. You didn't count Gene? He had the nail gun I mean, to the back of her yeah, head. I don't think he was really going to do it, but okay, we'll count her, but there's two other ones. And oh, the he, cat. The cat. Definitely the cat. The cat is right. Yes. And then the other one is Carruthers when he goes into the bathroom. Oh, it was Carruthers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but he has to go return yeah. to video games. Yeah. 
Always, always. Yeah, every single thing. I guess I must have been returning videotapes. Oh, that's one thing I would have liked to have seen more of in the movie was more um, Willem Dafoe. Just oh. more scenes with Willem Dafoe because those scenes with him were so great. You know, every scene with him was just fantastic. I wish there was more. <laughs> And that, you know, that when he goes to the his office like that, she ha she filmed him three times. And the first time she filmed him, like, he didn't really have, like, an opinion yet for him. And then the second time, he definitely thinks he's guilty. And then the third time, he definitely thinks he's not guilty. And then they shuffled him all up to, and then, you know, to get, keep audiences guessing and keep you know i don't know if they knew what takes they were gonna use but um they just shuffled them up and that's what they had in the movie but kind of annoying that she made them do it three times each but um and then you have to like hmm, strike a different pose each and every time but i mean just uh he was so great Willem Dafoe. i mean just I love him anyway, but he was, I mean, just the little he was in that movie was great. So because of low, low budget, Christian Bale had to work out on his own. So like for like six months, even, I think even maybe before that, before he even knew he had definitely, you know, that had gone back to Heron and he definitely had the part, he started working out anyway. And then ended up getting the part, but Lionsgate still wouldn't pay for him to have a trainer until three months before filming started. So he had to work out on his own for like six months, which is kind of funny. So, uh, yeah, I think that like thing with the skipping rope and how he crosses it and stuff, I think he, I guess Mary Heron thought that was like an amazing, you know feet of uh, which every guy who's a boxer knows how to do that and every chick knows how to do that on it like whatever but yeah just mesmerizing um but I think that might have been part of his uh real you know with the crunches and stuff although I probably at home he wasn't doing it to uh Chainsaw Massacre I loved the number of like plugs to Texas Chainsaw Massacre there are in that movie. There's got to be at least four. I think I counted. Yeah, at least four. Which was pretty darn cool. And uh, oh, this was funny. There was a, I saw I actually saw this. I found this through an interview um, that I saw someone doing with Christian Bale like when I was going through looking stuff up and um he talks about it and he said because he found out from josh lucas later that the whole time they were filming the movie they were just all making fun of of um of um bail because they were just they were like oh my god he's a terrible actor where'd this guy come from because you know he didn't really have anything big under his belt but you know 
and they were all just like oh my god because i don't think they knew like what mary Harris, like the whole thing was and i don't think they were like really they weren't like the chicks that were hanging around the set watching they were like only there to do their parts and you know i had I I also said that there's only one scene in the whole movie that he's not in. It's that one scene where poor Gene is in the office, like looking at his planner and seeing the chainsaws and the, all that, and just crying. That's the only scene he's not in. But yeah, they just thought he was terrible. And then that, when they saw the movie, they were like, "Oh, my bad." Like <laughs> so. Yeah, that that I thought was kind of funny because I could totally picture everybody making fun of him anyway. I mean, because and like I was saying about the you know people pulling out, Calvin Klein pulled out, Comme des Garçons turned into Jean Paul Gaultier. <gasps> Where did you get that overnight, man? Jean Paul Gaultier. Um. Rolex said anybody could wear one of their watches on in the movie except for Bateman. Um, and so those were a few of the ones they lost or slash had. There's other ones, but um, let's see. Um, oh, this one is great too. Oh, I like, first of all, like how much of the movie, what percentage of the films is he shirtless in underwear or completely nude? What do you think the percentage is? I'll go 15 percent. 15? Yeah, it's 40. 40. 40 percent of that movie. So somebody was pretty proud of himself. And yeah, I guess he used to dig it when the chicks on set would come when he was doing his shower scenes and stuff. And then there was um, the story of how like in between Brit, like doing that chainsaw scene, all he was wearing were, you know, sneakers, which you yeah. can see in the movie. And then just a sock over his stuff. And <laughs> took a break he would just stay in the hallway and oh. with the thought didn't get a towel or it just would be talking to the probably mostly women um just with his sock on and then wow <laughs> back to work for a little bit come back with just yeah yep and the chainsaw like you know the ch leaning probably manly type pose on the old chainsaw with the sock and and yeah mm -hmm. he did that 40 percent yeah so um business cards the funny i mean one of the funniest scenes in that movie of course is the business card scene that you see but i never noticed this that every single one of them says vice president on on them which I don't know if that was on purpose or or what. I mean, I could see all those guys doing that. Like, all of them just putting vice president, what the fuck. Yeah. You know, like, all his friends just doing that. You definitely see Paul Allen putting vice president on his. A 30 res at Dorsia. See you at our Civic 
but there's also another typo on there and that is the fact that the word acquisitions is spelled wrong which is kind of a big thing because like their whole deal is acquisitions and merger <laughs> like they talk about it you know the whole movie and then they, they have the you know what is it, uh, the the something in murders what does she say the murders and executions murders and executions right so they misspelled it they didn't put the c in they had the a <clears throat> no c dude not cool man so that i don't know if that was some flunky like you know i would almost think if you're if you're saying you saw it on all of them it was intentional and like kind of leading to the fact that they create their own business cards and that's why they're all vice presidents, but they're so shallow they can't even spell their damn title right. Yeah, that, and that's definitely been a thought of mine, but it's also been a thought of mine that it could have been like a lame prop guy that just didn't get the job done right and, you know, had it all there. But yeah, I don't know anyone's guess really. I mean, I mean, the vice president thing makes more sense than the acquisitions. But yeah, maybe because, yeah, who knows? So let's see what else do we have down here. So yeah, Justin Thoreau and the mystery of the blue eye contacts. Couldn't find it anywhere. Why? Why did he wear the blue contacts? The world will never know because he's still not gotten back to me. He will, he will, eventually he will. But um, he, uh, I don't know why, it's like nowhere. The only thing I could think of was maybe cause he's darker sort of than the other guys, maybe to make him look a little bit more Aryan. They had him pop those in, or I, he might have had some weird Justin reason for doing it for his character or whatever, you know, how these guys like to come up with their own backstories and stuff and nobody else cares, but whatever. But he definitely did. He definitely, he did have the blue contacts. So maybe one of your, your soon to be future watchers of this will know why i doubt it because i couldn't find it and you know how neurotic i am oh so mary hair and and i even found a quote of this which is was in my um review just because people weren't actually sort of believing me or whatever really thought she was coming through with her idea of this movie which was that he definitely was a serial killer and yes all those things happen maybe towards the end a little bit of craziness there some of that you know like when he i love when he blows up the cop cars with his gun and then he even looks at his gun yeah. like <laughs> holy crap so you know some of that stuff might have you know been getting but as far as most of it she's like no definitely whereas and i had to you know for the, for the 
purposes of not, you know, not having it be 20 pages long, I just, I couldn't bring the book into it at all. So I, I had to, and I did a poll with people, but I said, you can't use the book at all. Like as, as, um, as you just have to go by the movie and it ended up being 50 50 which i thought was weird <laughs> was he crazy or did it really happen and people were like oh no yeah no that happened and i was like what? like no he's clearly just bonkers which i mean ellis in the book leaves it a little more open-ended you can definitely tell he's leaning towards this guy is just crazy buddy sort of is, leaves it more to the reader to decide but she yeah she so the, I had a quote of her saying like the one thing I feel really bad about with that movie is that I guess I didn't come across clear enough as saying yeah he really this is happening he's a serial killer and just, yep so I don't know, Mayor. Yeah, but you didn't because a lot of people aren't with you on that one. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. I was like, I think I wrote a note. Mary, you can't be vague, but not vague. Or at least too vague, you know. So, yeah, there's vague and then there's vague. So, um... Oh, um, interesting trivia. Uh, Christian Bale's stepmother in real life is Gloria Steinem, the feminist activist, which I think is just in general really interesting because he's definitely not like pro-female just as a person, I don't think at all. And certainly not in this film. Um, I guess she was a little bit horrified by it um, all. I think she's probably horrified by him in general, too. I don't know. Is she alive or dead? I can't, I'm not sure. But, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. The name Bateman comes from a mixture of the... Or actually, it just comes from <laughs> Norman Bates and the Bates Hotel. I guess that's where they got Bates man from Bateman it was almost rated x due to what i was asking is that there's a nasty swear word but we don't really care about that right hmm. the part you know where he's filming himself with the two uh working girls but he's actually looking at himself in the mirror and you know Mm -hmm. flexing and stuff well the one thing they didn't like was that little um when he's like uh they didn't mind the look at her ass asshole thing but then when he said don't just look at it eat it you know <laughs> that that got them all and now it's like just in the regular of course movie but like because yeah. nobody <clears throat> more but at that time they were not happy the censors didn't like that so much <laughs> don't stare at it eat it yeah. <laughs> whoa um yeah it's pretty brutal well 
the other thing I did want to talk about just was the about how I was talking to you about how he's an unreliable narrator, you know, which is what they say really in, in novels or whatever, but um, I use it for movies too. Um, oh, absolutely. Because he is the most unreliable narrator. I mean, he doesn't know who anyone is. Um, he's but none of them do. Like, none of them. You do. know, Paul Allen thinks he's this person. Um, then his friends think that guy's over there, but no, Bateman's like, no, that's not him. He Paul Allen's over there, and he, that, that's so. You know, like nobody knows who anybody is in the movie, so that's not easy and then at the end you know his lawyer doesn't even know who he is his lawyer comes up to him and calls him something else like uh like davis price or something Dave, davis what is it what call him davis davis right yeah and uh you know bateman's just like what the hell but um you know and then you know is that ivana trump of it you know but then he does it like that for his own good as well but that um and you know considering the amount of narration that he does do in the movie it's like kind of you know if you don't figure that out quickly or through the second time around you better figure it out quick because there's a lot of stuff that you gotta put down to the unreliable narrator thing too and also um i thought uh with his movie or his um dvd uh <laughs> you know the, what what he does for the, his synopsis there like is clearly not it's so rehearsed sounding that he obviously read it in a music magazine and, mm -hmm. and now he's just pumping it out to people because that's he thinks it'll make him cooler or that's what people he thinks they want to hear or you know whatever because he's got it so down clean that it's just not it can't be realistic you know <laughs> But yeah, the the unreliable narrator thing goes for pretty much. Ever. I mean, the only person we can really rely on is Gene, and in the book, that's who you come to rely on is because you know she's the one that is you know it, it's made more of in the book. But she's the one that is she's definitely in love with him and would do anything for him, would probably cover up his crimes if he asked her to, you know, of course I would, yes. But little did she know there was a nail gun to the back of her head there, but, um, you know, uh, there's more, and he likes to brag, you know, and like more in the book, but, you know, about this is Jean, my secretary who's in love with me is how he would use her in the book all the time he thought it was very clever and funny and she's just like eh, okay whatever i'm not gonna piss him off because but uh so 
yeah i mean when it starts to really create it even when it's getting crazy at the end and he walks into that wrong building and or no he finally walks into the right first he walks into the wrong building and shoots the night guy and shoots the janitor for measure or why not and then he finally gets into the right building and the night guy calls him by the wrong name too so like you know in the middle of his like spree and like he's panic and sweaty and everything and and then you know this guy calls him the wrong name and he's just like yeah whatever and goes up and makes his phone call to the lawyer because it's all just a big joke uh i killed a couple of you can that's the one part too where you can you could pick up on his actual british accent because of the way he says girls he says go girls or a couple of girls i don't know maybe 20 or 40 or <laughs> he has no idea there's probably a lot more than that actually but the paul allen thing is definitely weird too because though his even though his lawyer calls him by a different name he's very adamant that he saw paul allen in london twice like had lunch with him twice he says does that mean that he really had lunch with him or was he just in the same restaurant or did he just hallucinate the whole thing about paul allen? did he never even kill paul allen like I, I don't know i don't you can say that i don't think that guy had lunch with paul allen like even I noticed this last viewing, even at the beginning of the movie, when they say, hey, that's Paul Allen over there. When they show him, it's not Jared Leto because they're showing you right away. You're going to see different people as the same person. Right. Well, he goes, but he corrects them because he knows exactly who who Paul Allen. He goes, no, that's not Paul Allen. Paul Allen is at the other side of the bar. That's, you know, so-and-so. And they're like, they don't care. You know, his they don't care. And. But I mean, I I would think, I mean, since the guy is a lawyer, you know, for clearly some high priced people um, that he would, if he says he had lunch with Paul Allen twice in London and not only that, but the private detective says that too, that you got to start wondering about the whole Paul Allen thing. Well, the detective's going to say that because this this lawyer believes he had lunch with Paul Allen. He's also staring Bateman in the face and thinks it's Davis. Like, he's staring him in the face and doesn't know who he is. Right, right. But I'm saying, but Willem Dafoe, the, the detective yeah. there, also is like, you're off the hook because he's been seen. He never says it's the lawyer that gave him. He doesn't, but I think you're supposed to gather that because where else did he get this information? He didn't go to wherever I mean, London has see Paul Allen. But who knows that with so many people that seem to think they see Paul Allen or Nazi, I don't know, it's just something to throw out there. Like, yeah. did he even kill him at all? Like, That's we don't true. know. That's true. You can't even say if that's true or not i mean i certainly think that he did somehow and everyone is bonkers in that movie anyway so i mean you know 
Like, why are there style sections taped to the floor if he didn't do it? You know? <laughs> oh, and the only um, improvised part that that um, Bale did in that whole movie was that little dance to, uh, you know, when he puts, do you like Huey Lewis in the with the raincoat? And then he does the little shuffle to hide the, the axe from Paul Allen to go behind him. Although I don't think Paul Allen would have noticed. No, no. You were, but, uh, yeah. but that was it. That was, so that's all he could come up with, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, for um for uh yeah making stuff up but it is pretty funny i love that little dance he does <laughs> it's like really pretty classic um so what did you have to say you were saying no i, you... I said what i need to say i just the, the way people don't know who anyone is in here that's what makes it diddy or didney because yeah just because that guy's adamant that he had lunch with Paul Allen in London twice, I don't buy it. You're looking this guy in the face and don't know who he is. So, right, right. So there's like, you know, all these different ways of looking at it. You know, of of everybody's right basically with this <laughs> movie. Like whatever you think is probably going to be right because like you can make it work. <laughs> like there's so much room for that here you know you've got this clearly insane person to begin with probably from way back like kind of dude that like killed cats and puppies and lit them on fire and lit fires in the backyard and stuff like serial killer in the making so and it's like you know doing his everyday crunches and stuff to either porn or tcm you know it's like <laughs> you know it's just like what like yeah uh i don't know so and that was funny too i guess like he and mary sat down with um some porn to oh. figure out that three how exactly that three-way was gonna work best so they but mary just in her to give her a little bit of credit she was pregnant at the time but i still who cares whatever sit down with christian bill and watch some porn okay sure why not i mean especially back then because he was right around 27 when he filmed that he is just the perfect yeah, he's perfect in that role. He's just, just perfect, egocentric bastard. I mean, there you go. Takes one to know one, and then the Batman. I mean, yeah. Do you ever hear that rant that he does on? It's on YouTube. Are you talking about on Terminator Salvation? Yeah. The oh yeah. my god. You got it's just you've got to because yeah. you'll. You'll be dying because just when you think it's over, he and he's apologizing to the guy. He starts back in again for some reason. You're you're just like, oh, this poor guy is probably making like eight bucks an hour. He's just moving. Somebody else told him to move this light. It's he didn't make the decision. It was some like poor dude like that was just 
in this lowly position of authority, like zero, and he just goes off. Oh, what a dick. Yeah, so there's some great stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a have to see movie if you haven't. Really. Well, and, and that's where we're going to go next. I, you've done a pretty good job, I think. I don't think mm -hmm. you need to, but let's give give that final pitch if someone's still not sold on why they should watch American Psycho. God, yeah, what else can I say about it? Um, there's, uh, yeah, the, except for the got to return some videotapes and, um, it's got a great soundtrack. Oh my God. It's amazing. Well, for me anyway, I love it. It's all 80s. Mm -hmm. It's just great, great. I would actually like to get that sound soundtrack. You know, uh, I mean, stellar cast, stellar, you know, stellar director, really. Mary Heron, I think she's great decent script i mean they pretty much ripped off the dialogue from the book so there wasn't really much they had to do but um did you know the co-writer was like the chick that plays um uh elizabeth his friend from uh what wesley or what or where was she where did she go to the, the He's like, isn't that a lesbian? Come on, I thought you girls from there, you know, you, all you, you, the second time he has uh, Chrissy. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. His friend from college, that girl. Right. Uh, and they, it's funny because they mentioned lesbian stuff. She's an act, she's actually a lesbian. And she's like, oh, come on, a lesbian? Me, you know, and she actually is a lesbian. Um, <laughs> She was the co-writer with Mary of the script. So, so yeah, amazing cast, good script. And like to have that kind of a movie on that low of a budget, like is unheard of almost really. And to somehow squeak, you know, Willem Dafoe and, and um, Paul Allen there and what the What's his name again? The the actor's name. I can't think of it. You just oh, said it. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. I love forgetting his name because <laughs> people probably know it all too well. But they had already scored Willem Dafoe and Jared Leto, which is like amazing because they were already names, you know, by this time, even though Jared Leto was young, he had already done Requiem for a Dream, and you know, that put him on the map and some other stuff, I and mean, he had been acting for a long time since he was a kid, so um... So a Christian Bale. Yeah. He was a child actor. Nothing of his was really... He was not, no, let's say, noticed until this, until American Psycho, really. I would say as an adult actor, but as a kid, I think like Newsies and Empire in the Sun were pretty well-known movies. Empire in the Sun, yeah. But it's not like he got singled out for... Because I did look that up, and he didn't really get singled out like for special cred for that i mean he, i don't think he won anything he might have been nominated for a couple of things but yeah certainly i mean as an adult for sure this 
this was it. And this got him into, or maybe didn't, either <laughs> did, didn't get him into other stuff. But um, so, yeah, it's a definite must see that, yeah, the cast, the crew, the music, the whole, you know, all of it is just combines to make this. It's in my top three, probably. Yeah, that's good. That's what we want to hear. Yep, it's in my, probably my top three, and that's saying a lot because you know how many movies, <laughs> horror movies that um, that I watch and that I know and I write about. So, yeah, I don't, I'm trying to even think of what would come before it. The Shining maybe would come before it. Maybe it's in my top two. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> And it, yeah, that's a cha- ever-changing thing, right? Is it with you too? Well, I mean, no, like, my top, my top, probably two or three are like solid. Solid. You never agree with me. I'm like, right? You're always like, no. <laughs> oh, but hey, no. look, I, I know, I know my top three. Like, I can rattle off my top three any day of the week. It's not gonna change. Eh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> You'll pay for this later. Believe me. You think I'm so hilarious, like, online, but I guess I have more time to think about what I'm going to write to you online to make you laugh. (laughs) I know exactly, like, the phrases that will get you, and I'm like, I knew that one today that you were like, "Ah." (laughs) sent me the crying smile. Mm -hmm. I was like, I knew knew that one was going to work. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, where they can find your work? Again. Uh, you can now find me at several different places because I'm back on Instagram now. So I'm on Instagram, um, Azzy Hunt Horror, and I'm on Twitter, of course, um, at MV Glitter Girl. Um, I'm on Facebook, um, facebook.com slash silver girly. And of course, exclusively Addy, Azzy's Attic on, uh, theboldmom.com. So, yeah. All right. And as always, follow the show at YNF Movie Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Most active on Twitter. Available wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to come back next week. So I have a new guest, a new movie. And who knows, that may be your next favorite movie. You guys take care. I'll talk to you next time.